It's time to turn out the lights, grab some popcorn, and watch some horrible horror movies. This is the Terrible Terror Podcast. Each episode, I delve into the world of terrible horror movies. Why do I do it? Well, I can't explain it, but I love these horrible movies. If you've made a horror movie on your phone or made your own special effects MacGyver style, please send it my way. Now, what do you get when you take a classic video game franchise, throw in the rock, and take away everything that makes that franchise cool? Why, you get Doom. and welcome to another episode of the Terrible Terror Podcast. First off, let me say, that is not the theme song of the goddamn movie, okay? There is no theme song to the movie. It literally is the doom sign coming in and, like, mechanical noises and everything fucking moving around. But that's the song that they use for, like, all the trailers, TV spots, and everything. It's a Cell Dweller, and the song is called Switchback. So I thought, you know what, there really isn't any music to start it, and I don't feel like going... Doom, you know, I don't really want that type of crap. So that's the theme song that you're going to get for the movie because it really was used in like every single spot that was used. It's one of those situations where a song is on the soundtrack, but it's not actually in the movie. Um, kind of like the biggest one I can think of recently was Big Hero 6 and that song Top of the World by Greek Fire, where it was used for like everything and then not even used in the movie, but was included as part of the soundtrack. So, um, but yeah, we're here to talk about Doom and it doesn't surprise me that that's kind of the way it goes. I mean, let's just talk about, before we even get into it, let's, let's talk about Doom in general. Okay. For those that don't know, back in 1993, in the old days, uh, we had the release of the original Doom. Now, this is one of the biggest, like, shareware titles ever. Uh, A lot of people that I knew waited forever. I actually never had a PC growing up. But I did play Doom, you know, with friends. I remember it being one of the first multiplayer games that I ever played uh, with a friend over a modem. We went to my friend Quantum's house and literally, like, was playing uh, another friend, Danny. He was on his computer with his modem, And it was the coolest fucking experience because, you know, we, the friend that came with me and that hung out with me, um, we used to play Mario Kart all the time. And this was like a huge thing. Like when we would play games together, you know, it was bringing out the Super Nintendo and like sitting there and having two people in front of the TV. And this is the very first time we ever played any type of game that allowed us to play somebody that was remotely. And Really, the games have absolutely... Well, there is a story, but there really is no story, right? You know, the idea that they're on Mars, hell has opened up, demons are coming out, and 
they've killed most of the people and doom guy here he has to kill all the demons and somehow you know stop the threat from hitting earth which he really doesn't that's why you have doom to hell on earth right so there is a a basic story but for the most part you're running around corridors it's done by id software and is the brainchild of, of uh john carmack and they originally worked on Wolfenstein 3D, and it's weird that we've never seen like a film for Wolfenstein, uh, but we did see a reboot of the Wolfenstein series. I almost fucked that up. Uh, and uh, before we really saw the reboot reboot of Doom, technically it's gone through two reboots, right? So you had Doom and Doom 2, which are directly related with each other, and you had a ton of Doom fucking spinoffs or remakes or whatever you want to call it. On systems like the Super Nintendo, the Genesis, the Famicom, the Sega CD, not the Famicom, I'm sorry, the N64, I mean, uh, PlayStation, uh, you name it, Doom has probably been on it. You know, Xbox 360, I'm pretty sure there's an Xbox One version, or you can put the Xbox One version, or Xbox 360 on Xbox, I don't fucking know, I'm not in the Xbox world, but Doom is fucking everywhere, okay? And then Doom 3 came along. And Doom 3 was released shortly before this movie. I believe Doom 3 was released in 2004, uh, and it was announced in 2000, and then in 2005 is when the film came out. So a lot of the way the monsters look in this movie look like the Doom 3 versions of the monsters, for the most part. Um, It's not as cool. You don't have cool things like the Revenant in this. I I love Doom. the the everything from the creature designs to just the way that the game plays and Doom Three was definitely a take like away from the whole franchise, right? I know that this is not just going to be video game talk, but the, the beginning of this is right. <laughs> We're talking about a video game movie for one of the most like critically acclaimed franchises for first person shooters that has ever existed. Uh, it's just nuts. Doom 3, the problem I always had with it was the fact that it was like pop-up simulator, right? It was really cool. It was really atmospheric. It looked great at the time. Uh, it, but it was just like, oh, hey, I'm going to have my flashlight out and then, oh, I need to get into this room. Oh, here, here's some imps and some other people and, oh, I better take my flashlight out and, and now I can see. Now I can't and I got to fight these guys in the dark and I'm running out of ammo, but I better bring my flashlight out. So you had to go get a fucking flashlight mod if you're on a PC. But if you're on a console system that was having to play Doom 3, uh, you were kind of fucked. Uh, you had to play it the way it was. It, it That was my worst, like, opinion of it. But... In general, it was critically well-received, and there was an expansion for that, and that was well-received as well, and supposedly fixed, but I never, like, played that one, Um, and I think that was Doom 3 Resurrection, if I'm not mistaken. And then we hit Doom, the movie in 2005, uh, and then it takes forever until... Like, two years ago, I believe, in 2016, we finally get the third reboot of the franchise with Doom uh, on the various consoles, PS4, Xbox One, and also PC, of course. As well as the Nintendo Switch, which I have to admit was a pretty big technical feat, considering that the uh, Xbox One and the PS4 and the PC versions are fucking crisp as a motherfucker, and the Switch one looks fucking fantastic uh but 
it's amazing what they did in between. They went back to the old school Doom with that game, which makes it so much more fun. I mean, it's such a run and gun. The Hero of the Demons, the story is not really there. There's no exposition. It's literally, um, hey, Doom guy is brought back to life and he hates demons, so he's going to keep killing demons. And that's going to be it. That's it. That's the the game in general and everything it does. There's there's still story to it, and I don't want to go through it, and I don't want to ruin it for anybody that hasn't played it. But if you haven't, what the fuck are you doing? You should be playing that fucking game. Okay, Doom that from 2016 is one of the best games uh, that I have ever played. And really made me feel uh, fantastic uh, and nostalgic, and uh, it was so much fun. It It was so great. But here we are, we're not talking about that, we're not talking about the rest of the franchise, we're talking about the 2005 flop. Uh, It was close to being a block, well, it is a box office flop, I guess, when you think about it, because it was made for $60 million, I believe, between the domestic and international markets, it only made $58 million, so it was $2 million shy of even breaking even, and if you can't do that, and and this is when The Rock was just starting out as, like, the action hero guy. He wasn't what we have now where The Rock is saving the day. He hadn't yet turned into the Arnold Schwarzenegger of my generation, right? He truly is. Like, growing up in the 80s and in early 90s, if I was my age at that point or in my 20s or, or wherever it was... Arnold Schwarzenegger would be the guy that, oh my god, I can't believe it's another fucking Arnold movie where he's fucking saving the day again. As the time of that recording this podcast, Rampage has just come out, which is another video game adaption that he's a part of. And The Rock has come out and said that that is like, and it's a 58% on Rotten Tomatoes, okay? He's like, he's happy to be a part of one of the greatest video game adaption movies, and he was in the stinker Doom. So even he does not hold this movie up to a, you know good light compared to the other movies that he's done and really he had come off some decent roles you know the scorpion king where he was the scorpion king and uh the mummy 2 whatever it was called mummy returns that brandon frazier piece of crap uh not as big a piece of crap as the other mummy that recently came out though uh and i remember the rundown walking tall he was in a bunch of these movies and he was just kind of starting out being the guy for the time being like they were trying to mold him into the guy and so because he's making money why not put him in doom I mean, doesn't it seem like the smart thing to do? And I remember seeing the trailers for this and realizing at that moment that this is going to be a piece of shit. (laughs) Like, it did not look like a fun movie. It did not look like, you know, all I thought was like, man, maybe they're doing a theatrical version of Doom 3. You know, the story for Doom 3 is not bad. I can't believe I'm saying that. But in general, I mean, video game movies never do that well. And then they talked about the big draw for this movie, and that was the first-person section. And I remember seeing, like, thinking, like, okay, well, if that is really good, maybe the rest of it won't be so bad. Or if it's a good portion of the film, that might be kind of cool. But they really wanted to make it, you know, as close to the games as possible, and yet they kind of went another direction. You see, I think the biggest mistake that the writers of this film did was take away the whole hell angle. And 
that's something that I don't want to... I mean, I'll get into more as we talk about the podcast, but I kind of want to say it at the top of everything, because that's one of the biggest things about the story of Doom. The idea that hell basically opens on Mars, a portal opens on Mars, and that all the demons and everything come through. And that's where they went wrong. How do they change it? We'll talk about it as we go through the episode. Uh, But... You have to think about that when when watching this because you're like, okay, you take all the elements, you take Mars. I mean, you make it look exactly like when they zoom in on the outside of the base on Mars and everything, like Doom 3. Basically, like the intro to Doom 3, they probably even just ripped it directly, but maybe they it's a model and they built it or they use the model that was used for the 3d animators at id software um i don't know but it looks exactly like it does from the game and and it has promise but they changed that one critical aspect of the whole thing i don't care that it's now a group of people going in and like trying to save everybody but it's still truly focused around one guy you think it's one character but it happens to be somebody else well okay i'll ruin it it's carl urban right who at this time i didn't know who this fucking was and this is the first time i think i was ever exposed to him uh i don't know what he was in prior to that but past this he's been in a bunch of different films most notably he's been in the star trek reboots that were done the ones by jj abrams and crew um and i think he does a great mccoy uh and he's also been judge dread which fucking fantastic if you've never seen dread before oh my fucking god he is a great judge dread and dread is a fantastic film even though it's kind of basically like a ripoff or a rehash of the raid uh, in the way that it's done. The fact that he's going floor by floor by floor to go destroy somebody. But at the same time, it's not really like that. But it's still a fantastic film. And I believe it stars, uh, you know, what's her name, Leah Headley from uh, Game of Thrones, uh, which, again, I guess he's worked with two actors that have been in Game of Thrones, uh, because we find out that somebody else in this movie uh, is also in Game of Thrones on HBO. So, hey, without further ado, let's start getting into it, and what a better way to get into this than to actually have the very first thing that you hear when you're watching the movie. In the year 2026, archaeologists working in the Nevada desert discovered a portal to an ancient city on Mars. They call this portal the Ark. Twenty years later, we're still struggling to understand why it was built and what happened to the civilization that built it. Okay, so I didn't know that there would be a portal that opens in Arizona, probably in Area 51. They could have just made some type of, like, connection there or something. But no, they didn't. And it goes directly to Mars. And that's where we get our first view of the base that's on Mars, because everybody's running away from something. There's something going around the hallway. Uh, We see this doctor who happens to be Dr. Carmack, hence, you know, a nice little nod over there to the creator of Doom. Uh, And he's running away, and at the last moment, before he's able to lock down one of the other scientists or somebody... Uh, that's chasing this lady she tries to get in there but he's trying to close the door really really fast and ultimately it closes on her arm and her arm separates when the door closes and lands in the room and he's able to create a recording before uh shit starts to get real this is dr carmack classified research older by id 6627 
We've had a level five breach. Implement quarantine procedures immediately. Implement quarantine procedures now. And that's when the door rips open. You stare into the darkness that's there, kind of making an outline of something. And then the title logo comes on and we see Doom. And when we come back, we get into the room where we see The Rock playing Sarge. Uh, he's talking on comms and getting his orders for the next mission. Now, I'm going to warn you in some cases, and you kind of probably heard it there too, the file that I have the audio for for this, it's not the best in the world. It has some like kind of clipping noises on it. Uh, I tried to clean it up, but this is the best that I could get it and... This is the only way I could record the audio, so I apologize in advance. But let's continue on with uh, the mission. Reading loud and clear, General. Union Aerospace has requested assistance to contain a level 5 breach at their old Olduvai facility. How many personnel involved? Six scientists are under lockdown in a high security lab where the breach occurred. Another 79 UAC employees are on site. Arc travel has been suspended. What's the objective? Code red. Assess level of threat. Assess level of threat. Protect and retrieve UAC property. Maintain quarantine at both ARC portals by any means necessary. Use extreme prejudice? Extreme prejudice. If necessary, search and destroy. Over. Search and destroy. Orders received and understood. Out. Okay, first off, the first thing that I said when I saw The Rock in this movie was not, oh my god, it's The Rock. Look how young he looks. No, it was, oh my god, it's The Rock. I can see his fucking neck. Like, he actually has one, and his head doesn't look like it's fucking huge, and he has hair. Which, okay, you know, if it starts balding and he, the rock, I have to say, you know, looks fine without it. You don't need hair to be a badass fucking guy that can probably rip my head off, considering I'm a fat fucking, like, Mexican guy. But <laughs> when you look at him, and, but we did go to the same high school, uh, <laughs> just not at the same times. So he was born in Hayward, uh... Well, maybe he didn't go to Hayward High. I don't fucking know. But he was born in the same town as me. Oh, well, so there's something. So with like 7 or 20 degrees of separation, fucking I know the rock. Um, but honestly, he's not as jacked as he is now. Like, it's ridiculous how much more jacked. I'm sure when he hits like maybe like 60, he's going to be nothing but fucking like head and biceps. That's what the rock is going to be. Uh, it's just amazing, like, the fact that he's put so much more into his body at this moment in time that we're at, at the age that he's at right now, than he looked back when he was in his WWF prime. Fuck that, I'm not calling it WWE, it's WWF motherfuckers, okay? World Wildlife Foundation can kiss my fucking ass. So, he's getting his orders, and as a good little parrot, he keeps repeating them back. I mean, basically, the guy on the other end, if it's his superior, he could just go through, you know, and when you find the monsters, you're going to play patty cake. All right, patty cake. And then you're going to go ahead and make him a nice steak. Nice steak. Medium rare. Medium rare. Don't give me none of this fucking well-done bullshit. No well-done bullshit. Like, like, he's just repeating everything back like he's double-checking his lines and making sure that he's saying the right thing. It's so goddamn ridiculous. Well, from here we go over and we see the ragtag crew uh, that are the other Marines that are going to be joining the Rock, or I should say, oh, fuck it, I'm not going to call him Sarge. He's going to be the Rock uh, on this mission uh, going forward. You see, it looks like they've just finished some type of mission that they've already done, and they're getting ready for their vacation. And, of course, you know, because the Rock just got new mission, that must mean that vacation is canceled. Wall, man. 
Now, I don't believe this shit. Six months out of the weekend, the goddamn transporters are five minutes late. And that's five minutes R&R, &R, I ain't never gonna get back. Hey, relax, baby. We're on vacation. <laughs> Yo, this game's later, man. Where you going, Portman? I'm going down to El Hanta. I'm gonna lock myself in a motel room with a bottle of tequila and three she-boys. <laughs> you sick, man. I'm sick of your filth, Portman. Speaks. Where's it gonna be, Reeves? Long conflict, someplace quiet? Yeah, a little relaxed. Maybe it's just gonna stay right here. Listen up, man. Leave is canceled. Oh, man. That's... I don't believe this shit. <laughs> Fuck! You got a problem with that, Duke? Me, Sarge? Hell no. I love my job. What's up, Sarge? We got us a game. Kid! Son, you are now in the Rapid Response Tactical Squad. The Double RTS. So from the group of ragtag marines that we've got here, we've got Duke who's playing the video game, which looks like it's a fucking tiger electronic handheld game. Man, this game is deep. It's fucking lines on the fucking screen. They don't do anything. The Doom is fucking more deep than this, and this is supposed to be like 2045 or some fucking shit. Like, how can you say that, man, that game, and that's a fucking handheld. The Game Boy is out at this fucking point. I think even the Game Boy Advance is fucking there. Maybe even the DS is available and that game is fucking deep which is just fucking white lines on a fucking black fucking oh my god <laughs> shit like that pisses me off video games and people playing video games in movies is so fucking ridiculous at least in house of the dead well they didn't have anything they just showed screens of the fucking movie but in this you would think that they would have something like cool when you have really cool looking handhelds and fucking graphical interfaces on handhelds that are <laughs> graphical interfaces. What the fuck am I? Some guy from the fucking 1930s or some shit. But you have, you know, graphics that are pixels or 3D effects, polygons, on fucking handhelds. Even at the time the movie was being fucking made. In two I think even the PSP was available in 2005. What the hell, man? That's what you're going to use to be like, oh, he's so into his fucking video games. It's a Tiger Electronic handheld game. Might as well put fucking that Ninja Gaiden piece of shit that I had was a kid. Fucking hard-ass thing, barely move him across the screen. Oh, you can move an image by an image and throw one fucking Ninja Star before you died and then the battery dies fucking 20 minutes later. Oh, God, fucking hate Tiger. To, uh, anyway, so you got Duke there and then you got the Creeper, that's Portman. Uh, and then you got... Uh, Who's the other guys that are on there? You got the kid, who is the young guy, and that's supposedly par Private Mark Dandelion. You got Goat, who is like the religious nut of the group. Uh, you got Destroyer, or Destroyer, uh, and Mac, who you don't really see, and he has a really long Japanese name uh, that I think it's Katsushiko Kumanosuke Takahashi. Uh, or Mac, as they refer to later in the film. I'll just call you Mac. Uh, and then the only guy you don't get to see at this moment when they're introducing everybody is Reaper, who is played by Carl Urban. And uh, he's the only one that's going to be allowed to basically stay there. And he's like, you don't have to go where we're going because they're going to go onto the Ark. And there's a reason why Reaper doesn't want to go there, but they don't really tell you, like... 
why at least at this moment in the film and it made me think like hey well is that like fucking his wife's up there or is a strange girlfriend there's fucking some type of like love interest bullshit that's up there the reason why he doesn't want to fucking go onto the ark or any of that shit so they all gather together and then we get the roll call as they all grab their guns now i kind of like the way they did this see what they're trying to do is they're trying to do like not necessarily a Doom 3 type thing, but this is more like a Quake 3 type of thing. Uh, and for those who never played Quake 3, that was the arena shooter, the st- kind of a start of the arena shooters. And, you know, everybody uses a handle when you play online, and basically, this is their roll call to get all their handles on their guns. RRTS Special Ops Clearance Verified. Handle ID Destroyer. Daddy's home. Handle ID Handle ID, Portman. Handle ID, Goat. Handle ID, The Kid. The Kid? Handle ID, Duke. Say my name, baby. RRTS Special Ops Clearance Verified. Handle ID, Sarge. I can't believe we're going through the Ark. Don't worry, kid. You're gonna love it. All set? Yes, sir. all right so reaper does decide to join the group and you know the rock wants to make sure that he knows where they're going and what they're probably going to be doing and who they're probably going to run into and oh god it better not be that type of bullshit again again i hate it when like you have a cool idea for a game movie or something like that or just any movie in general okay and i don't care who your protagonist is it could be fucking tomb raider but they're gonna make sure that she has some fucking sort of love interest that's gonna be along for the ride for this fucking movie and it's the same thing when it comes to this i don't need a fucking love interest into this movie or anything just Give me what I want. I want to see Doom Guy go in there, and I don't care if one of these guys happens to be. And, it's, you know, at this point, I'm thinking as a young kid or a young adult, I guess, when this comes out, Jesus fucking Christ, you realize that this came out like 15, 13 years ago, something like that. Uh, yeah, 13 years ago, 15 years ago. What the fuck is wrong with me? But anyway, like, and the fact that, like, even I thought, I'm like, oh man, The Rock is the main character of the movie. No, no, it's not Sarge, which would kind of make more sense. It's fucking Reaper, but still, at the same time, it's just like, I want to see him go in there and blow up fucking demons. I don't give a shit. Don't give me more bad story. Don't give me fucking love interest or any of that type of bullshit. Well, so they begin flying their way to the Ark, and of course, they get the rundown, and they kind of have a little bit of analysis of what the threat might be. And look in. This is what we got from SimCon. We have a quarantine situation on Olduvai. They sent this message when the research team stopped responding to all communications. Olduvai. Dr. Carter, classified research Olduvai, ID 6627. We've had a level 5 breach. Implement quarantine procedures immediately. I repeat, this is Dr. Carter, classified research Olduvai, ID 6627. We have a level 5 breach. Implement quarantine procedures now. UAC has shut down the lab, men. We need to go up there, locate the team, eliminate the threat, and secure the facility. What threat? Goes like this, see? If it's trying to kill you, it's a threat. 
So their helicopter then lands in the Nevada desert. Yes, I might have said Arizona earlier, and I meant to say Nevada, but it's too late, and I'm not going back to correct it. Okay. So, (laughs) they land, and we get the shittiest CGI elevator I have ever seen. Like, honestly, you could have just put them in an elevator. And, like, they did some weird green screen, like, effect. It, It just looks terrible absolutely terrible and this is a film where actually it's kind of cool because almost everything is fucking practical effects in fact did you know that doug jones is in this fucking movie yeah doug jones is in this movie do you know who doug jones is okay he's like guillermo del toro's like monster guy he's the go-to when you need somebody in a monster suit if you saw recently the shape of water the fishman that was in that or if you've seen pan's labyrinth and you've seen pan and the guy the monster with the eyes i always forget what his name is but basically or abe sapien from the hellboy movies that's doug jones it is crazy i cannot believe that he is in this and he's only in it for a little bit but they use practical effects for the monsters and it's great i love it even though one looks like complete shit but we'll talk about that later so they get there and it's time for them to go up on the ark and the ark happens to be like a weird ball like a glowing cgi ball that they all jump into and it takes them directly to mars and for some reason when everybody gets off they all barf uh it's something that happens but you know it's just i guess an after effect of traveling so fast or being instantly transmitted to another place And when the kid asks, why do we have to take that, that's when we first get to meet Pinky. Why we gotta come all this way? Why can't you AC Rannikops take care of this bullshit? Is it always that rough? Believe me, it used to be a lot rougher. There was a time when our travel was susceptible to, let's say, major turbulence. What does he mean? He means he went to one galaxy, his ass went to another. Call it a scientific miscalculation. Unbelievable as it may seem, UAC does make the odd, tiny mistake. Marcus Penzarowski, you call me Pinky. Follow me. Where are the personnel who aren't locked down in the lab? In the atrium. Pinky, put us up. Activating remote personal surveillance. Circle up, man. On my three. One, two, three. Kill cams up and running. People, this room is a code red, which means no one gets in without our permission. It stays ours at all costs. Mac, stay here with our friend and secure the door. Ben on me. Let's move on. So they do like a lot of these really neat things that try to throw back at least to the games. Like when they do the whole you know, guys circle around with me and he gives the kill cams, it's all the first person like cameras on everybody's guns or bodies i could never quite figure out where it is like i might be on the guns i don't really fucking know but it's basically trying to give you like okay here's everybody's view screen of what's going on and they use it a couple times in the film and it's not terrible the way that they use it but at the same time it's kind of like just giving a little bit of a nod back to the way the game works so it's it's weird. I don't know what else to really say about that uh, other than what the fuck is Pinky doing here? Like, that is not the Pinky I was expecting to see when they said Pinky. And if you know the Doom franchise, Pinky is the pink demon uh, that 
can sometimes be invisible and has a different type of look in Doom 3, which actually does come out a little later in the film, but not at this moment in time. Uh, we'll talk about that when that shit happens. Fucking God. I can't. Uh, but the way they do the guy that is playing Pinky the human, uh, it looks pretty pretty damn good to be honest with you he is half wheelchair half machine as he said and what you get to view during that and you don't get to view because you're listening to this uh you see the point where he loses his legs like he comes through the portal and basically the bottom half of him is gone and only his legs showed up so his ass and his lower half of his torso did not so kind of sucks he's missing his dick what can i say so, from here, they decide to go uh, over to where they need to, like, to go into the quarantine area, right? Which is the labs. And, of course, they're trying to find the different scientists that are there. And that's where we run into Samantha, who happens to be related to somebody. We're under a level five quarantine, so I am just going to have to strip search you girls. <laughs> Hold that thought. We're under a level five quarantine, so I am just going to have to strip search. Sergeant, this is Dr. Samantha Grimm, the UAC science officer assigned to retrieve data from the lab. Sergeant. Dr. Grimm. Hello, John. Hello, Samantha. Hello, Samantha. Sarge, this operation's a code red. We really don't have room for passengers. Excuse me, but I have orders to retrieve data from three servers, anthropology, forensic archaeology, and genetics. This is a military operation, Doctor. We're really not here to retrieve our science home. Look, I got an idea. Why don't you ask your CO what your orders are? To contain and neutralize the threat, protect the civilians, and retrieve... retrieve UAC property. We finally done here because I've got a job to do. If you'll follow me... You chose this, Reaper. Is this gonna spoil my day? No, sir. Tell me you didn't let a fine-looking piece of ass like that get away from you, Reaper. She's my sister. No shit. Don't do this again, man. So, it's his sister that he's avoiding visiting up there. But we do learn a little more about him later on and why he doesn't want to go to Mars. But it seems like his sister being there is one of the main reasons why he doesn't want to even fucking show up. So... And and that was also one of the reasons why Sarge was basically telling him, hey, if you don't want to go, you don't have to go. So, there's two reasons. And I don't think the main reason was his sister, but... Now we have at least some context of what's going on. We also see that Duke over here is a fucking hornball is already ready to fucking jump on the guy's sister. And the fact that Portman is just a fucking, like, smarmy creep, man. I really don't like this character at all. Like, there is nothing redeeming about the character. Like, a lot of the times, you'll have a smarmy character like this, but maybe he'll be funny or you know you'll just kind of get with it like the other people put him in check like nobody really does anything and you know who this guy is i don't know the actor but his name i mean i could look it up and tell you what it is but i don't really think it's that important but he plays the night king on game of throws like he is the night king the mocap or the uh you know he's in the makeup or whatever it is in game of thrones for seasons 2014 and 2015 uh which is crazy at the same time, like, what the hell, man? Um, but he's just not... It's not a good character. I, I don't care. I don't care what happens. All I want him to do is die. There's no other thing than that he needs to be here for. Like, everybody else, with maybe the exception of Destroyer, uh, you kind of feel for a little bit. Maybe even Goat. But 
they don't do a whole lot. They're not focused on a whole lot. So when they die, it doesn't matter if they die or not. But you still have like, oh my god, because they have connections to other people. Not necessarily Goat, but Goat does do one scene in the movie that gives you that connection. But Destroyer and Duke, they have a connection. So you kind of feel for Duke when, you know, something happens to Destroyer. But Porter, who gives a fucking shit? He likes Thai boy girls and he wants to strip search these girls over here. But nobody does anything or says anything other than to tell him to shut the fuck up. So Reaper's sister reluctantly has to go along with him into the labs. And they all proceed to go looking for the scientists and what possibly happened down there. Uh, Reaper goes along with his sister and everybody else kind of splits up. Uh, I believe Duke and The Rock go off together, and then you have Porter and Goat going off, and Destroyer and the Kid going off and doing what they need to do. Uh, They all kind of look around, and, like, it's weird that they're in this kind of, like, darkened, uh, destroyed type of area, and everybody's like, oh, we'll lock them in, keep them safe, and, oh, sure, that's gonna keep everybody safe, just locking everybody, it's not ominous at all, something's possibly not gonna happen. Uh, there's really weird, like, sweeping cameras angles and stuff when they do, like, when they're focusing on characters. Uh, and when they get to the lab, like, it's totally destroyed and nobody, like, bats an eye of what's going on there. We see that Goat and Porter, they arrive to this room where there's a giant pit in the middle. And they really don't, well, Porter doesn't really realize what it is. And Goat has him do something to show him exactly what's going on. The hell is that? You never did time for me. What? This is a holding cell. Bullshit. Makes you think that. Touch it. Ah, yeah! Because the walls are electrified. You asshole. (laughs) What do they need to hold down there? I mean, it's a pretty deep pit. And if the walls are electrified, what the hell is so big that need they can't get out of it? Nobody seems to, like, bat an eye. And that's what really kind of gets me about everything that they're doing at this section of the movie. Is that you would think that they'd all be like, hey, everything's not quite right. Everything, I understand these are Marines and they're going through the whole thing. But at the same time, it's like, come on, dude. That is a huge fucking sell, and nobody's going to say, hey, something weird might have been going on here. They're all just going to fucking look the other way and just fucking go on with their business. It's just kind of an odd situation. Meanwhile, Duke and Sarge are looking through the armory, and they find the schematics for the Bioforce weapon, or as it's known in the games, the BFG. Uh, the Rock, he does try to get into the room with the BFG, but he's unable to at the time. Meanwhile, Duke has something else on his mind. Hey, Sarge. What's the deal with the system? Reaper's parents are the first team of archaeologists to all divide. They died in some accident when he was a kid. She followed in their footsteps and he didn't. No, what I meant was that she single. Oh, ha, 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 ha. He's got nothing but fucking vagina on his mind and getting that dick wet instead of, like, figuring out what's going on there. And The Rock mistakes it as, oh, they have some type of issue with each other. Oh, it's his sister and something happened to him on this planet. And no one's really going to fucking talk about it. Well, I guess they kind of are when we go over to see both Reaper and his sister, like, as she's getting some of the data and she introduces him to Lucy. So 
Reaper? As in Grim? I'm Marines, Sam, I'm not poets. Holy shit. Oh yeah, meet Lucy. Lucy, this is my brother John, another creature from the long lost past. You found human remains? Humanoid. Lucy and her child were our first major find. We're bringing out more every day. You reopened the dig. I know I should have told you. I didn't figure it was the sort of thing I could jot down on a yearly birthday card. It's been stabilized. Bullshit! You want to talk about safe? Like you took a desk job? I'm a forensic archaeologist, John. I'll go where the work is. Is that the only reason you're up here? Want to know why I'm up here? I'll show you. Come here. This is Lucy's chromosome profile. Notice anything? My molecular genetics is a little rusty. What's the first thing Dad taught us to look for? She's got 24 pairs of chromosomes. Humans only have 23. But what does the extra pair do? Makes her superhuman. The extra pair makes her super strong, super fit, super intelligent. Her cells divide 50 times faster, meaning she heals almost instantly. The fossil record indicates these people had conquered disease. We found no genetic disorders, no viruses, no cancers. So what, they were just naturally superior? No, not naturally. See, the earliest remains we found only had 23. We suspect this extra chromosome may be synthetic. Bioengineered. It's a long word for a marine. Did it ever bother you? You could have spent your life looking in a microscope instead of a sniperscope. If they were so smart, how come they're so dead? We don't know. Maybe they just went with time. So, there's a couple things going on. First, Lucy is this, like, skeleton, and she's holding up a kid, right? It looks like that scene in Terminator 2 when the bomb hits, and you see all the people, like, shielding their kids, and they're being blown away. The skeletons uh, are kind of just remaining there, right? So, you just have her there. She's, like, struck in fear. The Even though it's weird, because, like, the skeletons look like they're making scared faces. It's, it's odd. I know that they're not, because they kind of look like skeletons. But at the same time, the way everything is positioned, you're like, oh my god, no! And then there's a skeleton there, right? So, it's odd. Second thing, what is the first thing that their dad taught us? Like, their dad taught them to look for fucking chromosomes? Is that what it is? Oh, uh, hey kids, the first thing I want you to know, if you ever find something weird, look for an extra chromosome. Remember, everything only has 23 and if you see a 24th that means that something's going on uh dad i found this rock it only has 22 chromosomes well then throw that rock away oh hey dad i found this dinosaur bone it has 19 chromosomes well it's supposed to have 23 so remember the first thing that i fucking taught you son it's weird like there has to be something else maybe it's to look for more Maybe it's to investigate. Maybe it's to explore. Maybe that's the first thing. But the immediate thing after is like him looking at the screen and it's showing that there's 24 fucking chromosomes and it's fucking highlighted. So he doesn't even have to look for it himself. He's just like, oh, hey, look, there's a 24th one sitting there. Uh, is that what it is? Like, what the hell is going on? I don't really fucking get it. I It drives me fucking batty when they do shit like that in movies. We're like, remember what somebody told you? And then they don't tell what they fucking need to remember. 
Oh, boy. So, I guess there are super beings on Mars. They're not necessarily human, even though they have skeletons that look exactly like human, but they call them humanoid. And this kind of relates back to Doom 3 and the whole storyline behind that. There used to be an ancient race there, except for all their souls got put into the soul cube. And here, for some reason, these guys all fucking died for whatever the reason is. But... They're fucking, like, super mutants or something. Like, the X-Men live on fucking Mars. That's what I'm getting out of this fucking thing. Is that there are X-Men on Mars, and they have superhuman abilities. Fucking Wolverine is here, except for he died somehow. He couldn't regenerate from whatever killed him, right? Even though they're super healing and whatever. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. They're, they're just people with extra chromosomes. Why? Why? Why, why do we need this? Why, why does that have to exist in fucking Doom? That has nothing to do with fucking Doom. Where, where the, where's the fucking hell portal? Okay? Where, where are the demons that come out? Where, where's the Kaga demon? Right? Where's the Hell Knight? Where's the fucking Revenant? Uh, nothing. Nothing is here. Uh, instead, what do we get? We hear somebody screaming in the distance. And I think, oh my god, this is going to be the first time we're going to see a fucking imp. Because that's usually the first one of the first monsters you see, right? Either one of the fucking, like, soldiers that's been turned into a zombie soldier or the fucking imp. But no, guess who it is? It's Dr. fucking Carmack. Sir, but he knows me, John. Dr. Carmack is me, Samantha. Where are the others? Where are they? Steve, Hillary. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to hurt you. Ah! Oh, oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, bam. Get a med kit. Oh, nice. I'm not going to hurt you. Do get him to the infirmary with Dr. Grimm. Portman, kid, go to the airlock and dig in. Anything trying to get away from us will get driven straight to you. So he ripped off his own fucking ear. That's what we got out of the whole scene. Like, he's sitting there, he's holding the arm of whomever this person is from the beginning of the movie, if you remember. Uh, And then he drops it the moment he sees her. And then as she comes to come over and comfort him, he rips off his own fucking left ear. And you know what? It's kind of bloody, kind of neat. But why? Like, we don't have any other explanation. He doesn't say anything. There's obviously something that's bothering him, but, of course, nothing else is really happening with this scene. So we move on to, you know, everybody searching the hallways for what else might be out there or what was originally attached to that arm. As we're going and looking down the hallways here, we get a scene with the kid and Porter where the kid is getting freaked out by Porter and he asks him for something to take the edge off and I guess the kid is some sort of drug addict and Porter has some sort of drugs so he gives him something to help him like relax or whatever and maybe it'll come back later, it won't. Uh, Reaper and the goat, they're walking around and at one point goat accidentally kicks a barrel and we all know what happens with barrels in Doom games. You don't want to kick them around, you don't want to accidentally shoot them and so he says god damn it and then proceeds to cut his arm. Uh, Reaper looks at him weird, and he's like, well, I took the Lord's name in vain, so I guess it turns him into a cutter? I I don't know. Uh, with the significance of this scene, I, I don't fucking get. I think it would have been funny if he kicked the barrel and fucking exploded and his leg got blasted off, and they'd been like, told you never to kick fucking barrels! You don't do that shit! Uh, but, of course, this seems like nothing else, like, 
has anything to do with the rest of the movie. We go back over to Kid and Porter, and they're in one of the locker rooms, and they see a lady, a naked lady, uh, and they both are like, oh, man, this is so exciting. Like, especially Porter at first, he's like, man, this is great. And then when she turns around, one, hey, boobs. Two, uh, she's holding a knife, and she's the one missing an arm and starts running out to attack them. They shoot her and kill her, and then they tell everybody, oh, we found the person that was attached to that arm. Meanwhile, we have Duke and Samantha. They're busy trying to take care of Dr. Carmack. There's a thing with, I guess, one of the cool things that they did in this movie is the nano walls. Um, it's a decent effect for the movie. It's very, I think, simple CGI. Of course, what's fucking simple? I can't fucking do it. But I think for the time, it, they made it look really good compared to the other things there. Basically, it's like a invisible wall that you can go through, right? For them to talk about the invisible walls from the original Doom game, they actually gave it a name as Nano Wall. They can either make it solid or they can make it fluid, just like they do. And Duke is kind of afraid to go through the walls, but of course he has to go in there with her, so he goes through and they bring Dr. Carmack into the lab. There's some other random scientist that's there. She's worried about, I guess, her husband or somebody that she knows. And Dr. Carmack starts screaming about, oh my god, it's inside, it's inside, and then he passes out. We cut back over and we see that Reaper and Goat, they're kind of going down one of the hallways. And they go into one of the rooms where there were like a bunch of animals in there before, but now there's absolutely nothing in there. We get into the corner and we see that there's a guy that's just kind of hanging out there. And they call to him a couple times, and he turns around and he goes full Ozzy Osbourne and bites the head off a rat. Yes, I know it's not a bat, but he's still biting the head off of animals. And he starts to charge at them, and so Goat and Reaper kill him. That causes a ruckus, and they let everybody know that, hey, one of the scientists have been found. We found another one of the scientists. Some weird shit going on here, Sarge. Can you ID him? We got a Dr. Olson. He rushed us. Crazy, just like Carmack. Is he dead? Yeah, very. Should we bag him and tag him? Negative. Continue your search. One of the weird things that happened in this scene when they shot him is that the shotgun that Goat was using fucking sent him flying. I mean, it looked like House of the Dead levels of zombies flying backwards. He just fucking flew when he got shot by that shell. And Reaper had to have laid a full fucking clip into him, and all it took was the shotgun to take him down. Also, I'm not sure why they just didn't decide to, like, bag the body or anything like that. She's like, no, just fucking leave it there. Like, what? Like, okay, I get it. You want to move on and you want to do more of what you're going to do because you're trying to find the rest of the scientists. But all of a sudden you find a scientist that you had to kill and you're just like, should we do anything about this guy? Nope, let's just fucking leave him there and they can fucking be done with it. And we'll just go through and do the rest of our mission that we have to do. With Destroyer and Sarge, they hear a bunch of noises traveling above them, so they decide to look into the vents above. It turns out that there's like a monkey in the vents, and there's a monkey scare, jump scare, which actually is relatively effective, even for the time that this movie, and being in the living room. Uh, And when they shoot it up, it actually starts dripping like chunky blood. Like there's some weird black stuff that's also inside the blood that Sarge notices. And when we go back over to the lab, we see that Samantha, she's taking blood from Dr. Carmack. And Dr. Carmack also has a similar type of blood in his system. What also should be noted is that Dr. Carmack is no longer looking like his original self. And all of a sudden he's losing a lot of his hair. And he's basically kind of like 
weirdly shaping and everything. It, it's very weird. And, and the little chunks in the blood look like fucking, like, mouse poop. Like, they had mice that got into the system, just shit all over in their heart, and now little fucking mouse pellets are going all over the place. Uh, meanwhile, back in the, the deeper parts of the lab, uh, Goat and Reaper run across something that does n- definitely does not look human, and they chase after it, and it ends up going down into the sewers. Reaper is forced to take the kid along with him to search a certain part of the sewers. Porter, he doesn't want to go uh, down there because, of course, it smells like shit. And, you know, Sarge makes everybody but Duke, who gets to hang out with Samantha the entire fucking movie not really do anything, uh, just sit back and see what's going on over there. Dr. Carmack also disappears from the room at the same time, and they have no idea where he's went off to. And they tell the other scientist lady that she needs to go back up. Which is weird because they only allowed one person to come in at that time and all of a sudden they allowed her to come through. I guess because it's in the medical area and maybe the medical area isn't quite attached to everything else that's there. But who fucking knows? Down in the sewers, there's a death scare scene with Porter and I really thought that he had died and I wish they had died. But he just falls into like the sewer water and so he gets up to his fucking, well, he gets past his head and shit. And he somehow manages to survive for much longer in the movie than he fucking needed to. Like I said, Reaper is forced to go along with the kid. And the goat, he starts talking some weird mumbo-jumbo about evil and whatever before they all split up. So you got Reaper and the kid going in one area. Destroyer going by himself in one area. Sarge and by himself. Fucking uh, goat by himself. And Porter. I think Porter actually goes along with Destroyer, if I'm not mistaken. But the whole thing is that we get this scene between uh, the kid and Reaper where we learn a little bit more about Reaper's backstory. You lost your folks, right? Shut up. Small world. I mean, I lost my parents too. Yeah, I mean, I woke up one morning and everything was gone. I mean, the only thing left was me. They wanted the TV more than they wanted me. Every time you open your mouth, you give away a position. Wait a minute. Your pupils are dilated. Are you high? What? No, I got this condition. I don't give a damn. You take one more shot of that shit and I'll blow holes in you. Are we clear? Okay. Damn, he was already Drudge Dread before he was Judge fucking Dread, fucking dealing with the druggies and shit like that. Gonna just fucking do judgment and blow his head off. I'd be high as fuck too if I was in this situation, and this was my very first time. Imagine your very first mission as a Marine, and you're added to this badass group of fucking other guys, where you got a guy that his neck is slowly disappearing, and other people that are badass with the weapons, but you also got one creep, right? And... Your first mission is to go to fucking Mars where there's monsters fucking attacking everybody. And the the movie does a very good job. This is one of the, the kudos I'm going to give the film uh, of building tension. Uh, and when it's in this mode, right? When it's in the actual like horror mode, which I really like. When they're in the sewers and when they're going down the hallways, it's dark. It's very little noise. It's a lot of tension build up. And really this thing with the kid is kind of a break to that tension, but it still fills you with it because he's still nervous as fuck and you're nervous as fuck along with him. And even when we see the other characters that are kind of off on their own and things are possibly bumping in the night, 
it feels like you've got that tension there. And I really enjoy this part of the film. And I wish that maybe he had stayed a little longer in this or hadn't gone so much further in the other direction as the movie moved along. After this discussion between Reaper and the kid, we see Goat, and then he gets attacked by an imp. And the imp basically does put him down, kills him, and everybody finds Goat's dead body. The imp, while being a practical costume, is fucking ugly. Like, it is not a good costume. It does some weird tongue shit to his neck, where it comes out and attaches and starts like... Sucking on his neck. He's giving him like the world's longest fucking hickey. Like he's giving him nice deep long kisses. He's making sure to reach down and fondle the balls. Because you got to do that if you want to get somebody really fucking excited, right? I mean, he's doing everything that he needs to do. But it's just so goddamn ugly. Like it's for everything else that I've seen so far outside of the CG. Like even the design of the weapons. The design of the BFG looks great. But this monster looks like shit. The other monsters don't look as bad as this one. I guess because it's an imp, you know, maybe it doesn't need to be any better than it actually is. But you could have put a little bit more money if you put $60 million into this film. And this is the costume that you're going to use for one of the most iconic fucking monsters in the Doom franchise. Anyway, so the imp kills him and they manage to actually kill the imp. They bring Goat back over to the lab and they really want to know, well, Sarge really wants to know what the fuck is going on and what the fuck is that thing. Doctor, you are going to tell me just what the fuck is going on up here. What? Come here. Come here! This is what? Oh, God! Have you found anything like this on your archaeological digs? No. Is there any way this thing came from the outside, from the surface? The planet is completely dead. It came from somewhere, lady. Portman, shut up. The atmosphere on the surface can't support life. Maybe it doesn't need air. It could have come from another planet or something. What, like an alien? Look at that thing! Portman, you need to shut the fuck up! That's not what we saw. That's not what Goat and I shot at in genetics. You telling me there's more of these fucking things? Where are your surface entry points? There's a pressure door at the end of the north corridor. Destroyer, you kidding, Portman? Get there on the double. Give me an update. Yes, sir. Whatever this thing is, it cannot get back through the arc. Mac, sir. I want you to arm Pinky with a weapon, with some ST grenades, and seal the arc door. There's one other door. Where? The entrance to the archaeological dig. Oh, so now they have to think about the dig. So if they're going to go to the dig to fucking close it, This is the time where we're going to learn about the portal from hell, right? Right? Well, I I hate to disappoint everybody, but that doesn't fucking exist in this movie because it's all about extra chromosomes and the fucking weird people that lived here before and somehow they managed to do this shit. Fucking stupid shit, okay? Where's my fucking hell portal? It... At this point, I'm like, it better fucking be there. But of course, it's not going to fucking be there. Then you have this whole situation with, like... Now they're going to shut everything down and try to move everybody off the fucking arc. And they're going to keep the guy in the fucking wheelchair as the guy that's going to defend everybody. The guy that has no fucking military training. You're going to take the one dude that's been sitting there the entire time and hasn't been talked about in this whole fucking podcast. Mac, because he's been defending that point with the guy in the fucking wheelchair. You're going to take him away from it. And you're going to just leave that guy and give him a gun and be like, hey, if anything tries to come through, just fucking shoot it. 
what the fuck, man? And then the other thing is that the entire time, okay, we see that fucking goat has died by the hands of that imp in the sewers, right? But no, he was actually still kind of alive until he made it to the goddamn med room. That's right, the entire time from wherever they grabbed him in the fucking sewers to all the way there, even though he collapsed over there and he wasn't breathing anymore, he managed to still stay fucking alive until they were able to, like, look at his pulse. I guess the death beat for him was the fact that they fucking try to take his pulse and figure out if he was alive. Oh my god, yeah, he's alive. Oh no, now he's dead. Like, come on, really? He's got a big fucking gash in the side of his neck, and he's been fucking hickeyed to death by some random fucking monster, yet he survives up until that point so that everybody's there and is available at the time that he dies. Like, what kind of fucking, like, miracle bullshit is that, that he's able to last that fucking long? Like, he should have gone and bought himself a fucking lottery ticket, because I bet you he would have fucking won the lottery, then he would have fucking died on the table, and he would have been fucking happy. God damn that guy. He was fucking dead from the first time that you saw him. Ah, I guess I gotta fucking cut myself now because I fucking took the Lord's name in vain. Anyway, so they go off and they go to the Ark site to basically seal the other door that's there. where Whatever that door goes to, okay? Whether that's a door to the fucking back to wherever the Ark is or between the dig, I don't fucking know. They're gonna go seal another fucking door. And then Duke is still gonna stay behind and while fucking samantha she goes and tries to figure out what exactly the fucking imp on the table is even though it looks like it possibly could be one of the doctors that we haven't seen yet uh there's some really terrible terrible fucking cringy fucking uh, tension in between duke and samantha and some terrible flirting but we do get a little more of reaper's backstory before he joined the marines a little tension between you and reaper we just went our separate ways. Why does a talented student throw it all away and join ORTS? So what was he like before? Who, John? Yeah. Empathetic, sensitive. It's kind of hard for me to imagine Reaper is sensitive. Well, I knew Reaper before all the drop-down Gimme 50 woo-ha stuff. <laughs> yeah? Well, it's hua. Hua. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a family? I had Destroyer. You know, we grew up together. You know, Duke, I bet secretly you have a big heart. Oh, yeah? And that's not the only secret big thing I got. A little rusty, huh? Oh, lady, you have no idea. Right now, having sex with me is practically a civic duty. Ugh. I need a power bone saw. A power bone saw? Girl, I've been waiting on you my whole life. There's one in the procedure room, down the corridor on the left, through the nano wall. Okay, is a power bone saw a sex move that I don't know about? Like, is that something like if I go on to UrbanDictionary.com, I'm going to look up and I'm not going to want to read? Like, it's going to be something on the lines of, like, you set her down on top of your table saw and you slowly turn it on while you, like, rail her from behind as her face gets closer and closer to the table saw. And then as you're about to come at the last minute, you move her away just in time for her to nick off a piece of her hair as she orgasms. Like, is that what I'm going to fucking get? Or is it just going to be, like, something simple? Like, the bone saw is when you take your dick and you rub it along her ass crack before you stick it in her, you know, 
I don't know. I doubt it's really anything. But the fact that we have to have this stupid dick joke here, and we have to have to talk about, oh, well, it's a privilege if you fuck me. No, it's not a privilege if anybody fucks you. Why do we need to have to have this kind of a conversation in this fucking movie? Can't you just get killed by a demon or kill a demon or, or do whatever we need to do to move this movie along instead of having this fucking conversation? Please just fucking move on. So Duke goes out there to go get her bone saw, and when he doesn't return, she goes back through the nano wall to see where he's at, basically. The lights turn all crazy and flickery, and then we get kind of a jump scare where we see him pop out. Then there's a dog that randomly shows up and starts growling like crazy, and then it turns out that something is really big and behind him. And it turns out that, hey, that is actually a, well, a really good costume there. Like... It's a much bigger imp. I think that's what it's supposed to be again. Though the other imp kind of looks like the regular imps, but I'm not sure. They list it both as an imp. And surprisingly, Doug Jones actually played both fucking imps. The one that we saw before that stuck his tongue down, well, the neck of Goat. And then this imp that is Dr. Carmack. So it chases him down the hallway, and they're able to get into the nano wall. And right before Dr. Carmack is able to get in there, they close the nano wall. And Duke exclaims, that's why he doesn't like nano walls. It's actually a relatively cool kill because you see him there, but it doesn't like open it up to where, um, like, if they open up the nano wall, does he fall apart or whatever? Because the demon still happens to be alive. And it's not necessarily a demon. I shouldn't use that word. It's just a fucking imp. So once we have dealt with the Carmack imp, we cut back over and we see that sergeant crew. They're all over by the dig site. There's a weird little cutscene where we have... It's weird that we say cutscene, but because that's what it kind of feels like in this movie. But it's of Reaper, and he's getting memories as he was when he was a child to the incident that happened between his parents uh, at the archaeological dig site on Mars. And so as he's going to the shutters, and he opens them and he looks upon the Mars landscape, he hears those memories. Yeah, he doesn't really want to talk about it, and that's not necessarily the best time to bring it up. Oh, hey, is this where you lost your parents? Is it cool that we talk about this right now? I really haven't talked to you about this the entire time, and I really thought it was just about seeing your sister. Which he honestly was very mad for the fact that she was even there, right? That this is where everything went down, why would you come back here? But she's like, this is just a job, and you're a fucking Marine now, so it's not like you should be coming back here anyway. Uh, It's just... Like, fucking ridiculous that we have to have this little, like, interlude. And there's just some random accident. We don't know exactly what happened, why his parents died at the dig site, if there's a bigger meaning behind it. It really has no bearing on the film whatsoever, to be honest. Just as, just another reason why maybe they don't want to go back. 
or he doesn't want to go back because he doesn't want to face his past. But at the same time, it could be for any reason. It could just have been that his sister is there and he's like, why are you fucking here? Like, I don't want to take care of you. You went and did something that I don't agree with and we don't get along and now all of a sudden you're here. But it's... Honestly, I just feel like it's completely fucking pointless. And if it wasn't in the film, nobody would give a shit. I don't give a shit that it's in the fucking film. But the scene itself does add a little bit of weight to the film. It's very hard for me to be like, oh, it doesn't do anything at all. It does something, but I just don't think that it's worthwhile, whatever it does. I should also say that the environments that they're using here feel a lot like Doom 3. Like, especially when he looks out on the landscape, it feels exactly like Doom 3. So we know where they got a lot of their aesthetics from, and they're really trying to tie back into that game. Uh, Even the monsters really do look like they do in Doom 3. Um, We do get to see some of the other, well, we get to see at least one more type in just a little bit. In fact, we actually get to see the Hell Knight for the first time, and him kill... Uh, Mac straight out by just ripping his head off like he well he doesn't rip his head off he just fucking sucker punches his head off and it falls to the ground and that's it that's the end of Mac like Mac has been involved with maybe three scenes in the fucking movie and he just dies right away like a bitch he could have stayed back with Pinky and maybe had a glorious fight with somebody that was trying to attack them but no Instead, he just dies like by getting his head ripped off by a hell knight. Which you only see for a little bit because it's so fucking dark that you can't really make out what he looks like. And you don't really get a good view of the hell knight till much later in the film. So of course everybody starts chasing after the hell knight and they don't realize exactly how fast it is. But they have an idea that they need to, well they give Pinky instructions on what to do in case the hell knight makes it to him. Damn it's fast. All round defense, men. Did you get it? Pinky. Yes, sir. Anything gets through that door, use an ST grenade. It cannot get back to Earth. No, he pops an ST in there. He's gonna blow the arc. Reaper, kid, pairs. Cover formation, sweep the corridors. Go. Destroyer, New Portman, stay here. Shut the airlock, maintain a perimeter. Now, he blows the arc. How the hell are we supposed to get the fuck home? Portman, shut the fucking door. Where you going? going to the armory. I think we're going to need something with a little bit more kick. So, of course, Porter doesn't like the idea because if he blows up the Ark from this end, then there's no way for them to get back from Mars back to Earth. We go back over into the lab with Duke and Samantha, and we see that they've been working on the imp and trying to figure out what's going on with it. They've got some, like, of its insides, and she realizes that it's actually kind of human. And while they're discussing it, all of a sudden somebody rises back from the dead and comes starts coming at them. It's Goat. And Goat looks at them and he starts banging his head against the wall. And he eventually kills himself by, well, headbanging. And <laughs> that's when they realize that, hey, these things have actually kind of turned over and something's bringing them back to life. Meanwhile, we go back over and we see that the rock, he is over there inside the armory. And picking up the weapon that everybody knows exactly what BFG stands for. Big fucking gun. I am so glad that they actually had him say that in this film as well. Like, I was really hoping when they were like, Bioforce weapon, and they were really trying to get away from it. I was like, come on, everybody knows it's the big fucking gun. And the fact that he actually says it, it's pretty good. And again, I said like the design of the gun itself 
It looks pretty good, but it does feel more like the Doom 3 version of the gun than the giant white fucking big gun that is in the original Doom and Doom 2, and even in the reboot of Doom in 2016. Like, they all look like giant fucking, like a big fucking gun, where this kind of just looks like a littler big gun. (laughs) While The Rock is getting the big fucking gun, we see Destroyer and Porter who are guarding a portion of the lab. And Porter says that he has to go and take a shit. Who has to take a shit at the time like this? Like, you couldn't really fucking hold it in. And, of course, Destroyer believes that's exactly what he's doing. But Porter goes back and tries to call for backup at the Ark site below on Earth, saying that they need UAC backup there. Uh, And then we see Destroyer get attacked by the Hell Knight. And he gets thrown down into the pit... That was uh, used to basically protect everybody from it. But for some reason it was able to get up out of the pit. Um, or something else knocks him down there. See, I'm not quite sure. Like, are there multiple Hell Knights? Or is the Hell Knight only a thing that's down there? Because the way that it looks, it could be imps. Maybe an imp knocked him down there. I don't know. It could have been an imp that they were chasing. But that guy doesn't look anything like the other guys that you see out there. This guy literally looks like the one in the pit. kind of looks like the ones that were outside. So there's a struggle in between them. They're throwing each other against the electric walls. And eventually, uh, Destroyer, he does get killed by the Hell Knight. Meanwhile, in the bathroom, uh, Porter hears some noise after trying to contact somebody. He drops his clip, and he's able to finally get it. But then something reaches out of the ceiling and starts killing him. And then that's when the Rock arrives with the Reaper and the Kid... And the rock uses the BFG to obliterate whatever was in the ceiling, but not before it's killed both Portman and Destroyer. Now, I said I guess the kid is with him because I really haven't seen him for the entire fucking film since that scene inside of the the sewers. And I assumed that he might have been in, in this scene, but actually, I don't really fucking remember. It may have been just Duke and, you know, Reaper, or it might just have been Reaper that showed up with the rock. I don't know. See, these characters are kind of interchangeable. And just like Mac, he's not in this film for a whole fucking lot. And he really doesn't do a whole lot except for fuck up at that one point and then something that's going to happen to him in just a little bit. So The Rock gathers up Destroyer, who's been killed, and Portman, who has been killed, and takes him back to the lab. When he walks in, he sees the thing on the wall and he asks everybody what the fuck is going on. What the hell is this? And whose goddamn blood is on that window? Goats. He killed himself. What do you mean he killed himself? He was already dead. It's true. Just go. He was changing into one of these motherfuckers and he killed himself. We found two more scientists at the dig. Thurman and a balding guy with glasses. Dr. Clay. Did you check their necks? Were there open wounds on their necks? We were conducting a firefight, not an autopsy. We came up here... To find six scientists. Four are known dead, and Dr. Willits is probably KIA somewhere down in that sewer. The only one missing is Dr. Carmack. Has Dr. Carmack showed up yet? Oh, he's shown up all right. Look at the left ear. Son of a bitch. This other one is Steve Willits. I'm going to run the DNA, check it against his med records. What are you people working on up here? We're analyzing bones, artifacts. We're not doing anything like this. Then what the fuck is that? It must be a genetic mutation. Something environmental or viral. I don't know. 
It may even be reversible. It's irreversible. Not necessarily. Dr. Carmack's condition is irreversible. Because Carmack's condition is that he's dead. Kid, you and Duke, get back to the dig and you make sure those other dead scientists are really dead. Four soldiers. What are you people experimenting with up here? I'm not gonna ask you again. I told you, it's an archaeological research center. Do you think I'm lying to you? Is that what you're saying? Think I'm hiding something? I'm telling the truth. So, there's some shit that's going on that nobody knows about, and this is the point in the movie where The Rock, he begins to his, like, big descent into fucking madness. Because up until this point, he's been a relatively decent guy. Like, this is about mm, an hour into the movie, and we still have an hour left in this fucking movie left. It Really, uh, too much <laughs> left of this fucking movie. And... It's where Sarge, that character, totally changes from the rest of the movie. Like, he's all kind of calm and cool, but now that everything's kind of going to shit, all of a sudden he's like, you know, he just wants everybody fucking killed. He is, like, upset that everybody else around him is fucking dying. Like, it's weird. And and they go further into exactly what might be going on. And a lot of it has to deal with the whole thing with the C-24, the chromosome 24, that has been basically created from whatever knowledge was out there before from the Martians. Uh, and we learn a little more on what's going on in Samantha's research as the scene continues. Subject was injected with study agent at 003. Vitals normal. Elevated heart rate attributable to subject anxiety. C24 successfully grafted to subject's marker cells at 009. You reconstructed chromosome mutation in a human subject. We were never going to do human studies. What the hell are we looking at? Genesis, chapter one. Subject moved to protected observation area at 017. Subject, Curtis Starr. Crime, multiple murder. Status, condemned to execution. Chromosome 24. Oh my god. 49 minutes after injection, genetic mutations began to visually manifest on subject's extremities. This is what you're here to protect. It doesn't make any sense. You trusted them, they lied to you. If he perfected xenogenesis... Christ, don't you get it? It's this place, it's hell, it always was. 
shit ends here. What are you doing? We need to destroy these discs. That's UAC property. Oh, fuck UAC. We take this back. They'll just... We take the data back. Sarge, do you not see what's going I on I didn't here? see shit. And I ain't paid to see shit. I have my orders, and so do you. Is this everything? I said, is this everything? I uh, have three more to download. Then do it. So, okay. Now let's get this all straight, all right? She knew more than what she was saying from before. She's like, I'm just here for the archaeological dig. But then she knew that they were making this and they were testing it on non-humans. So they were testing on animals, right? And that's why you had all the dogs and monkeys and whatever the fuck was there. But then she's like, oh my god, when they see video of them doing on humans, I didn't know they were doing on humans. Hey, wait a second, you said you were just here to do the dig. You didn't say anything about making that fucking C-24 where the fuck it is. And then you've got The Rock. You've got him here, and he's like, the whole time he's like, I can't believe my people are dying, and we need to figure out what this shit is. And he's totally like gung-ho about like, we need to get this shit done and get out of here. And then when Reaper's like, okay, this shit needs to not happen, and we need to destroy this shit, he's like, I didn't see nothing. I'm paid to lead, not to read. And he like totally changes his character once again. And then the fact that he just fucking put a bullet in fucking Carmack's fucking skull, like, the whole thing's like, look, it can be reversed, I think we can fix it, and he's like, it's not fixable, boom, because he's fucking dead. I actually like that fucking scene, because I find that fucking hilarious. But it's just like, it's so amazing what is just kind of happening in these little segments, and just this little ten minute portion of the film, like, everything is just being thrown on its fucking ass at the same time. You know, you've got them figuring out both Samantha and Reaper seemed like they they just don't want anything to do with this, even though she kind of knew what was going on. Reaper is just totally like, oh my god, these guys used you, um, you know, and I can't believe that you fell for this crap and you helped them do what they needed to do. The fact that they're using criminals to try to figure out how they can build this superhuman, but then there's something that's odd, right? And the fact that they're using a criminal with this guy maybe leads and believe that there's something else that could happen with this, to which Samantha explains a little more. Sam! Sam, why didn't you answer your car? We gotta go now! Why did they take Goat and not destroy her? Why Carmack and not Dr. Thurmond? What? Lucy had the 24th chromosome, but she wasn't a monster. She died protecting her child, not devouring it. Why did the same chromosome that made her superhuman turn Stahl into a monster? Let's go! Just give me a minute! We don't have a minute! Then give me ten seconds! This is its tongue. This is brain matter from Portman. This is from Destroyer. It's choosing, John. It's choosing who to infect. It's choosing? How's it choosing? There are genetic markers for psychotic and violent behavior. It could be a specific neurotransmitter it's picking up on. A ganglion. Latching onto numbers in the DNA code linked... Linked to what? Evil? 10% of the human genome is still unmapped. Some say it's the genetic blueprint for the soul. Maybe C-24 is what destroyed the population. It would explain why some of them had to build the Ark to escape to a new beginning. 
Some it made superhuman. Others monsters. Oh my god. We gotta get out of here now. What? Come on, let's go. Come on. The people quarantined on the other side of the yard. They won't all be infected. What's going on? Sarge is going to kill them all. Come on. Okay, so here is where everything turns to fucking bullshit with this fucking story, okay? Here is the moment where it's like, okay, so they first they leave her off, right, by herself so that she can get the data and they can do whatever they're doing. They need to go around and double tap everybody. And then that's when he comes back and they she makes his revelation that you just heard right here. And this is where you get so far from the original fucking, like... <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry, this makes me so angry because this movie could have been so cool if they had just kept on the original fucking concept of the game, the themes of the game. Instead, what they decided to do was do this fucking chromosome bullshit like, oh, it can find what's good and bad in people. Oh, well, the human genome isn't fucking fully mapped, so part of the human soul is going to be fucking bad and part of it's going to be fucking good. And if you're an evil soul like a criminal or some shit like that, then you're going to go in there and you're going to become a mom monster what the fuck don't fucking call them imps and hell knights and whatever your fucking script call monster a monster being big fucking monster because this isn't fucking doom the only thing that's fucking doom about it is the fact that they've got guns and we're gonna be coming up on a fucking first person shooter section in just a little bit but god damn does this fucking like how do you take a badass story about a guy that not even with what's Forget fucking Doom Guy for a second, okay? How do you take a story about a portal for hell? Even take Doom 3's thing where the scientists, they find about the soul cube and they find about the, the portal to hell and it's releasing demons and this is what's infecting everybody and changing everybody is the evil from hell that's doing it. Instead, it's a fucking chromosome, an extra fucking chromosome. Are you fucking kidding me? How do you go so far from the fucking source material that you're just like, hey, we're going to use some of these things, but that's not as fucking believable as fucking a portal in hell. It's a fucking video game. Just fucking stick with it. Stick with it and be a portal from fucking hell. You know what I want to see in a Doom video game movie? I want to see a guy running around taking his fucking shotgun to fucking demons' fucking heads. I want to see him get his chain gun out and fucking mow down a field of fucking imps. I want to see him grab a rocket launcher and shove it up a cyber demon's fucking ass and blow his fucking head off. You know what I don't want to learn about? The fucking chromosome that can turn evil people into mutants and good people into fucking superhumans. Because guess what's going to fucking happen? Yeah, you know where this is fucking going. So they go back and they they go down to Earth and Sarge is there along with Duke and the kid and they're basically taking everybody out uh, who's ever down there. And they have them split up, make sure that they go ahead and they kill the people and he wants to eradicate everybody that's not, basically that's down there because there's a possibility that they're all going to turn into mutated people. But of course, Reaper and Samantha, they want to make sure that he doesn't kill people that don't need to be killed. So it leads up to the moment that they confront the rock. And of course, Duke and the kid, they have found uh, Pinky still alive downstairs, even though he tried to use the grenade and it totally failed. And the monster still managed to get down there. And also, we have the final scene for the kid. You don't have to kill all of them. I don't think everyone is infected, or even capable of being infected. 
We have orders to contain this threat by any means necessary. So let's evacuate the uninfected and blow this place to hell. And we have orders to protect this facility. We don't have orders to kill innocent people. We have to stop anything from getting to the surface. By any means necessary. Found this little chicken shit hiding under a pile of dead bodies. Am I glad to see you guys? That thing cut right through the door. I tried to use the grenade, but it came at me too fast. Followed me through the arc and started to kill everybody. It's horrible. There's no wound on his neck. He's clean. I say, who's clean? And who's not? That wasn't my fault. Hey, I'm not a soldier. You shouldn't have left me there. Sarge! There's a storeroom to the south. It's got like 20 people holed up inside of it. We gotta do something. Your orders were to clear that sector. Is it cleared? No, I told them to stay put. They're okay. They're just scared shitless. We kill them all. God sort them out. This is wrong. I, I think... Son, you don't think! That's an order. We're in the field, soldier. Sarge, if nothing's found... Then you will. Obey the direct order of your commanding officer. No. Now. Go to hell. Holy shit! So, he doesn't want to listen to reason anymore. He just wants to kill everybody. And basically what I feel like is going on with this situation is that there's an ulterior motive that they really don't get into with the Rock's character, right? I think when they, especially when they say, okay, you need to bring the, I didn't see anything, we're taking the data back, and then we're killing everybody. But basically what he's doing is he said, okay, I've seen what's gone on, and my boss wants that information, and I'm killing everybody so there's no witnesses, yet I'm going to leave my team alive. Or was it going to kill him at the end of it? Or is he just going crazy because the whole situation is turning him that way? Or is he slowly getting infected because he touched the blood earlier on in the film? I don't fucking know. I don't know exactly what's happening here. But again, it's a dramatic change for this character because he was all about going in there and basically rescuing these people, get what he needs to do and getting the fuck out of there. And now all of a sudden he's gone, you know, he loses a couple people, he sees a couple monsters, and now he just wants to fucking kill everybody that's there. And he kills his own fucking, like, he kills the rookie. Why? And then at this point, it's also when all the other zombies break in there and they basically take out Duke, which sucks because there was possibly something going on, you know, with him and Samantha. Well, that that doesn't, you know what? Fuck it. He deserves to die for that. But he wasn't a bad character and you kind of liked him. And there was a little bit of backstory that maybe we didn't know about him because him and Destroyer grew up together. Who knows how they did? Uh, And he was so devastated when Destroyer died. But now he just gets fucking dragged underneath the fucking, like, walkway, and he's dead. That's it. 
He goes out like a fucking punk. It sucks. I don't know why he didn't get a better death than that. I mean, it sucks that the kid got shot in the fucking throat and he had to gargle on his own blood until he died. But, you know, everybody basically kind of gets picked off in this scene, except for Reaper and Samantha. But we do see uh, Sarge go out in a way that's fucking fitting. I'm not supposed to die. Yep, that's right. When he dies, he screams he's not supposed to die. And I think that's fucking hilarious because for two reasons. One, he was kind of touted in the trailers, at least, maybe as the main character of the film. And two, he was just so afraid of not basically getting out of here alive that he fucking got dragged away anyway. See, they were sitting at a nano wall and they had hit it and the nano wall wasn't working properly. So they were shooting at it at the people and he managed to get dragged through the nano wall. And Reaper, he actually gets shot by a ricocheted bullet that proves to be somewhat fatal. And so when Samantha carries him over, he's dying, and he basically tells her, look, you need to get away, uh, and if those things come through, you know, set this grenade off in my hand, and then you can get out of here. But she has other ideas for Reaper. Listen to me, Sam. You're cold. It's important. This is an ST grenade. When they come through, you pop the top and hit the button. John, stay with me. Stay awake. John, stay with me. Please. C24. It's from Carmax Lab. No. It could save you. No, I forget it. You're bleeding to death. Okay, so we've got a couple things, and there's a couple things that I did miss that I really wanted to talk about, because I think that they're... Well, one is really fucking funny, and that's the way that Pinky dies, right? He's all scared and stuff, he thinks he's gonna get shot, and he's like, oh shit, one's behind me, isn't it? And that's when he gets grabbed and he gets killed. The other thing that I want to talk about is the absence of the BFG. Yeah, for some reason, they're all fucking attacking these hordes and hordes of people with just their regular fucking machine guns. Uh, And meanwhile, the BFG, the Rock should have still had it at some point, right? So when he was being attacked by the hordes of fucking zombies that were coming at him, why didn't he just fucking pull out the BFG from wherever in his inventory it's fucking hiding and fucking mow them all down? I, I just don't get it. Like, you have this giant weapon that you can use, and yet you're not trying to use it at all. So Reaper here, he's dying, and of course, that the way that they're going to fix this is they're going to inject him with the C-24. And magically, you know, she did manage to grab the vial before they left, and as he's there dying, he tells her, you know, don't do it because you don't know what type of person I am, and she believes that he's a good person, which ultimately it turns out that he is because he's able to revive after being injected with the serum. Now, this is the moment that we've all been waiting for in the film, 
and I did post the link up to a YouTube video of it uh, on the Facebook page. So if you want to watch it and you didn't watch the movie, you should at least see this scene. Because this is literally the best thing in the movie. It is the cheesiest thing in the goddamn movie. But oh my god, is it so much fun to watch the way that they did this. And it doesn't quite hold up as well as I remember it, at least in the theater. Uh, it's still fun. It's not what I expected. But this is when they go into first-person mode. So basically... Reaper, he collapses and he knocks over and then it wakes up and you wake up in the vision of Reaper. And then he walks over to a mirror and you see Reaper sitting in the mirror and then he grabs his gun and he moves out. He loads it and makes sure he's got the ammo. He does all the things like you would do in a first person shooter. And then basically he goes down hallways mowing down all the different types of enemy types in the movie. He mows down an imp, I think, at one point, a bunch of zombies. He manages to kill a Hell Knight uh, that somehow gotten in there. And then he ends up at the last portion of this where he fights Pinky, who's turned into the Pinky from Doom 3. Not the Pinky from Doom and not the Pinkies from the current version of Doom, but he looks very much like the Pinkies in Doom 3. And that's where he gets the chainsaw. See, at one point, one of the Hollow Knights, or Hell Knights, I don't want to call them Hollow Knights, but the Hell Knights has a chainsaw and he's attacking him and he drops it after he gets killed by Reaper. And then Reaper grabs the chainsaw to fight against Pinky uh, and ultimately you know, drives it into his skull and that's where the end of the first person section happens. Now... In the theater, I thought this went on for much longer. I really thought it was like maybe like a 10-minute section. I knew it wasn't going to be like a 20-minute part of the movie. Oh, my God. But I remember it being much longer. It starts at an hour and 30 minutes. And it ends at an hour and 35 minutes. It is five minutes fucking long. That's all you get for this whole thing. And it's really ridiculous. Like, this was one of the big draws for me to go see this, to see how they did it. And you know what? That was... The, the best thing about the movie. It, it truly is entertaining. I'm not a big fan of the fight against Pinky. The, that's probably the part that was a little cheesier than I thought it was going to be. But it's still entertaining to watch. It's just not necessarily the as good as I remember it when I was younger. So... Now he's back at the the entrance, uh, or the exit, I should say, to the Ark uh, that would take you back up to Mars, and he sees that his sister is there beat up. And then who comes around the corner, but it's the Rock, and he's still alive, and Reaper notices now he's got the gash in the side of his neck, and it's time to throw down. I think she needs medical attention. Get to the elevator. I'm sure. Try. Where are the survivors kid found? I took care of that problem. Quarantine's almost over. Power should be back on any minute. You killed the kid. We're all killers. Reaper. It's what they pay us for. Quarantine complete. Elevators back online. It's finished. Would you say we go outside and get some fresh air?
shoot me. Yeah, I was thinking about it. What you got left? Half a clip, you. I've got one round. And that's where we waste the last shot of the BFG. So we had it in two shots of this whole fucking movie. One, to kill something that killed Portman. And two, the the shot against Reaper here at this moment in the film. And that's it. What a total fucking waste of the BFG. So they go ahead and start fucking fighting. There's one scene where the rock bashes through a piece of glass and he says, Semper Fi, motherfucker. And I wanted to play that, but that's the only part of that scene that's even worth it. Uh, and they end up actually getting into a fist fight. So this whole thing has does evolved from a, like a first person shooter type thing to now them fucking fighting with fists and him turning into superhuman kind of mutating guy and him being superhuman good guy. Like this has just become fucking ridiculous at this point. It's totally gotten away from whatever was set on whole fucking doom thing. And now we just have two guys fucking throwing each other around the fucking room. It's basically becoming WWF at this point, And I'm waiting for the rock to throw his fucking people elbows down. And then the Reaper, maybe he can throw something like a, you know, a sharpshooter or something and get the rock to submit. And so, ultimately, they keep fighting back and forth, but the Reaper gets the upper hand and he throws the rock into the portal and sends him back onto Mars. He tells him right before he's about to finish him off, then he said, what did the kids say? He said, go back to hell, or why don't you go to hell? And then he throws the grenade into there, and the last thing that we see of the rock is him seeing the grenade and it blowing up the arc on the side of Mars. They're closing the connection to that place forever. So however they can get that information, whoever has the information, um... It's no longer available or no longer obtainable at this point because they can't just fly to fucking Mars, I guess. He goes back over to the elevator. He grabs his sister. He tells her that soon we're going to go home, and then the movie finishes. Almost home. Yes, that was added in there into that remix of a Nine Inch Nails song. Come on, Trent Reznor, what the fuck are you doing allowing yourself to be used for this fucking movie? But I get it. You've worked with ID Software before when you did the soundtrack to Quake, but really, you 
didn't need to add one of your songs, one of my favorite songs of yours, to this fucking film. And then they had to add all the fucking, like, gun things. Like, it's showing, like, the first-person sections. Where the fuck was that for most of the movie? You know what's a better fucking Doom movie that's actually all in first-person? Hardcore fucking Harry, okay? Or Henry, or whatever the fuck it was called. But that was a movie all done in first-person. And it was done like this movie should have been. Honestly, we should have been in the fucking scope of the Doom guy. And you should have gone through and only seen people just like you're playing the fucking video game it would have been revolutionary for its time and it might have been a better fucking movie than this piece of shit was so it's it all comes down to how they took the source material and they turned it into a film at least with house of the dead they decided oh we're gonna kind of make a prequel and it's kind of its own standalone thing okay that's fine silent hill silent fucking hill did it fucking right. I don't care what he says about fucking Rampage, okay? If, if Rampage is the number one fucking uh, video game movie or whatever, the best reviewed, I don't give a shit. Silent Hill is the best fucking video game movie that has ever fucking existed, right? Because what did they do? They didn't take the source material and shit all over it, okay? They took the source material, they loved it, and they said, okay, we're gonna try to do a story that's just like the goddamn games. Where they went here and they took the monsters from the goddamn games, they put the setting from the goddamn games but then they got rid of the whole idea of fucking hell how do you get rid of hell that is the main fucking theme of every fucking doom game it doesn't matter which one doesn't matter if it's doom 3 it doesn't matter if it's fucking doom 2 which is called hell on fucking earth come on like how could you fuck this up that bad it's not terrible terrible it's terrible in terms of that like the acting is actually pretty good even though carl urban sounds like he's fucking whispering most of the fucking time and i really don't give a shit there's characters that are just there to fucking look you in the face and be like oh i'm gonna die in a little bit you know but it's not badly acted even for the rock which is one of his first films um you know one of the earliest films i shouldn't say first films but one of his earliest films and he's gotten better in the acting role but he's always been very charismatic uh, even in his role in the wwf it's something that i really like about the guy and i'm excited when he does do new movies and i've liked most of the movies that he's done and this is just one of those marks again even if it's a terrible movie usually you'll enjoy the role that he puts forth in that film um not everyone can be the fucking rundown okay which is probably my favorite rock movie that he's done period but even the movies where it's just you can tell that it's going to be shitty. At least he is fucking great in the movie. It's like Samuel L. Jackson, man. Same thing. He can be really shitty movies, but he's really great in the characters I usually like a lot. So, oh, what do we go with with this fucking film? Well, for the gore, I'm going to give it a 4 out of 5. Uh, I was thinking about lowering it, but you know what? A lot of it is practical, um, and I really like the makeup that they use for a lot of the things that are going on. Um, it's right before the big push for the CGI age. They could have still done that with a lot of the kills. Uh, you know, movies at this time were doing it for there. Uh, and here, it looks great. Um, and I, I really enjoyed most of it. I mean, it's not super gory, but the look of the monsters and stuff, I'll kind of bring it in there. So I'm still giving it a 4 out of 5. Crap Factor is a 3 out of 5. Like I said, the acting is not bad in this movie. The exception is kind of Samantha. Um, but everybody else, they do the roles well, and those that talk for whatever period they talk, they're perfectly fine. Um, but it's just, you know, I was gonna, I'm actually gonna lower it to two out of five because the, 
The story is complete and fucking garbage, and it really needed to work with the source material more. It's just like, we have the rights. This movie was in turmoil for a long fucking time, okay? It was announced, and then it got was with Universal, and then Universal lost the rights to it, so it went to Warner Brothers, and then Warner Brothers lost the rights to it, and then it came back over to Universal, and then they made this. So you could tell that it was in development hell. It's kind of like the Halo movie that was supposed to be made and has never been made, right? Um, and the, the news is, is that, uh, well, I'll say that at the, the end of the ratings. Uh, but the fun factor, it's a three out of five. I still think that there's fun parts in it. Uh, the first person section makes up for a majority of the things that are wrong with it. Uh, there are still some goofy kills. Uh, I like the scene with, uh, the Carmack imp that gets stuck into the wall. Uh, I like the tension in some of those scenes in the earlier scenes. And if it kept maybe even to that, I probably would like this film a lot more. So overall, what am I going to give this? Well, I'm going to give this, uh, two out of five crazy rock eyes. So it's not the best in the world. It's not completely terrible, but I mean, your mileage is going to vary if you watch it. You could really enjoy this film, or you could really hate this film. And this is not one of those films where I want to look up, oh, let's see what the people that really love this film have to say about it. I honestly don't care. It's just one of those things where, like, they had so many chances to do this movie right, and they did this fucking movie dirty. Um, I really wish they had changed a lot of it. And the, the news that came out shortly before I did this podcast is they're going to be possibly making a new Doom movie. Um... Which, if it's based off of the 2016 game, that could be great. It could be fantastic. Um, And if they just make it, at least with the idea behind the whole hell portal opening up, I don't care if it's fucking cheesy, I don't care if it's fucking stupid, but that's what makes these games fun. It's just a guy killing the shit out of demons it's not even fucking like people it's all demons guys so you can't talk about hell you have to bring up this chromosome bullshit Uh, i just uh it's frustrating to no end so that is uh doom so uh again if you want to watch it do i recommend it Eh, if you've never seen it before it's worth it just to go to the facebook page and watch the the link uh, for the YouTube video and, and see the first person section. But you know what? If you feel like you're a rock completist, go watch the movie. Uh, or if you found out that you're actually kind of interested in seeing some of the scenes that are in this from the podcast, go watch the movie. But it is one of those films that's very hard to find if you're going to try to stream the film. So what are we doing for the next episode? Well, actually, we're not going to be doing a movie. Uh, I am going to be getting together with a couple of friends, and we are going to be doing some discussions because I want to kind of go into this topic a little bit further. So I decided to bring on two of my friends, uh, and you know them. They've both been on the podcast before, uh, and we're going to talk about a couple of different things. And we're it's going to be a transition episode for the next episode. Uh, we're going to talk about actually horror video games for part of it, and then we're going to talk about what we're going to transition to or what I'm going to transition to for the next theme uh, for the next couple episodes that we're going to do so uh that one we're also going to try to do as a live episode through spreaker so at the time that you're listening to this depending on when you're listening to it so the date that we're looking for is going to be may 4th of 2018 okay because you may be listening to this in the future and the episodes are really up there but if you're listening to this in real time or as the episodes get released uh look for the notification it'll be on twitter and facebook and i might try to post something through something like the horror amino or even through instagram 
Um, and we're going to try to have, we'll have a chat room available. It's available through Spreaker. Um, and, um, you know, we'll be able to talk uh, directly with everybody there and we'll be able to answer questions and we'll be able to, uh, you know, I really want to hear people's opinion on what their favorite horror video game is, uh, as well as, you know, video game adaption, movie, anything. Uh, and then when we get into the second topic is also something that I want to hear, but that's going to be reserved specifically for that podcast. So the, the, hope is is that i get everything set up properly i know i've said it many times before on this podcast but get it set up properly so we have that live interaction with everybody that's out there so if you have the ability to join us in the chat it would be great um but it'll be me and two friends uh just chatting this up um and then what i want you to do as well um and i know i've mentioned it before but honestly i think that he needs a lot more props is uh over there with Dave, with his Dave's Pop Culture Podcast, uh, you know him as Phantom Dark Dave. Uh, his, I've enjoyed listening to those episodes uh, primarily because they bring me back to these nostalgic times of what they've been talking about. Uh, and it's such a, a fun trip to go check them out. Um, and I, I just feel like you're listening to a guy that's so, like, he's so into it. Um and he's so like it's it's like listen to like yourself as a kid again going back into those like sections when you're talking about the movies and you're talking about um especially when you talked about the sandlot uh with the back in time guys uh and he talked oh, fuck i know it's gonna kill me he was over on back in time podcast talking about the sandlot but on his podcast uh he talked about uh i want to say it was like little big league if uh i'm stupid um but uh if i'm stupid yeah little big league i'm right uh and which was just fantastic to hear how uh, giddy he was getting about sports movies as a kid so definitely go and check it out uh i'd really appreciate and tell him the terrible center sent you uh that way and i think you guys really enjoy it um as for me you can always follow me and make sure you get the notifications when we go live next time uh on twitter t underscore t underscore podcast on facebook facebook.com slash terrible terror podcast uh horror amino terrible terror podcast instagram terrible terror podcast and i did the vero thing but nobody seems to be doing shit over there so i i don't know i feel like i got in at the right moment where it's free for life but who's fucking using it so uh it's terrible terror podcast over there too if you want to follow on that bullshit so uh so next time go ahead and uh you know there's really nothing that we're going to be watching um and uh enjoy waiting for us to discuss some horror video games and i will chat with you guys next time all right okay see you later